שלום. מי? יס. שלום. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? What do you think's going through this man's mind right here in this scene? At first glance, he's suffering. He seems unable to help himself. And Jesus approaches with a question. The Lord doesn't just walk up to him, lay hands on him, and heal him. No. He starts with a question. One of the most powerful questions he ever asked while he walked this earth. Do you want to be healed? What was going through his mind in that moment? How will he respond? Perhaps more importantly today, friends, how will you respond to Jesus' question? I, I want you to imagine with me for just a moment Jesus taking up the seat right beside you. He approaches quietly, softly. He looks at you intimately. He looks you in the eye and he asks you this very question, do you want to be healed? How would you respond? How do you feel at the thought of being made well? I wonder how often we pass this question of Jesus. I wonder how we pass it off as being strange or off the wall, even though it comes from Jesus. Because we would typically see this question and say, but of course I want to be made well. That's like a stupid question, right? Who doesn't? So what is Jesus really doing here? Is he teasing this man? Is he testing him? What is Jesus really asking? Perhaps Jesus is asking if the man is ready to give up his own methods and depend only on him. Perhaps Jesus is asking if he's ready to be free or if this illness has become part of his identity. Will this man fall back on the infirmity that he has known for so long for some strange comfort? Or will he take the bold step of faith and reach out to the hand that can truly help him? Maybe Jesus is asking some of you that very question today. Do you want to get well? I'd like to welcome you back to our teaching series, Questions Jesus Asked. My name is Jared, and I get to serve on staff at the East Rockingham campus, and I, you can already tell I'm losing my voice. Um, I, I'm losing the allergy battle today, and I know some of you are in that same boat with me. You know how you have that feeling in the wintertime when you get a snowfall and you take that ruler out and you measure the snow on the deck? Like, that's us right now, but it's pollen, right? That's the level that it seems like it's gotten to. And just yesterday afternoon, in the wee hours of the afternoon, I, I lost my voice. And I just didn't have the heart to text Pastor Billy and say that he was up. So we're going to work through this. But I do ask that you would give me grace today as I work through different waters and teas. And uh, Pastor Billy is on deck in case I totally lose it today. So please bear with me as we unpack uh, this passage a little bit. But uh, my wife Ashley and I, 
along with our daughter, Eliza, we just recently moved into the Elkton zip code. So after a year or more in transition from the west side of the county to the east, we're finally official. We're in the Elkton zip code. There are a lot of cool things happening at the east campus. Uh, too many to share in our context this morning, but uh, just yesterday we got to partner with the town of Elkton for their kids fishing day. Now you might think that I was like hooping and hollering and that's where my voice went. I promise I, I wasn't. Uh, but we had a beautiful day. Uh, we served coffee, we played games with the kids, and I got to help a few kids catch fish. And it was just a beautiful day in the life of the church. We just wanted to be present. We just wanted to love our community. And that was just one of the examples of what's happening in the life of your church at the East Campus. And uh, on Sunday mornings, we're journeying step in step with you through this teaching series of questions Jesus asked, and man, we've had to really wrestle with some things in this series already, haven't we? The two questions we've unpacked have already been searching and penetrating, and, and we've already learned that that's a lot about what Jesus was up to when he asked questions. We know that throughout the Gospels, he asked about 340 different questions. And many of these questions were positioned strategically by Jesus at pivotal moments, pivotal moments in his teaching and his interactions with others. Jesus used questions to reveal the deeper things, to pull people into his teaching, to pull from them what was really happening in their hearts, what was happening behind the scenes, if you will. And today's question is one of those questions that pulls us in when he asks, do you want to get well? Would you turn with me in your copy of Scripture to John chapter 5, and we're going to begin in verse 1. John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, and we're going to read through the balance of verse 9. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate was a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades or porches. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, and one who was there had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Verse 7, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? What begins as perhaps an oddly framed question ends in life-changing transformation because of Jesus. We see Jesus joining the man in the middle of his pain, in the middle of his hopelessness, and he brings him new life. When Jesus asks this question, he has a greater healing in view than what the man had. We know what healing Jesus had in mind for this man by the pool, but what is his intent in your life today when he asks you, do you want to be healed? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, 
We thank you that we can come to your word, Lord, and that your questions still penetrate, that your questions still draw us in, Lord. And that's what we want today. We want you. We want you to ask. We want you to search us. And Lord, we want to respond in humility that we would bow before you, that we would look to you for our healing. And so, God, will you guide us through today? In your precious and holy name we pray, amen. As we begin to unpack our teaching text today, we, we find Jesus approaching Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. And he makes his way to the pool of Bethesda where the text says a great number of people have gathered and they have gathered all in suffering or pain and various ailments physically. And we're going to take just a moment here. Depending on your translation, you may have picked up on the fact that verse 4 is missing. Now, that's not a misprint. That's very intentional. Because the tail end of verse 3 and the balance of all of verse 4 is actually not found in the earliest manuscripts. So what that means is it's probably not John's original words there in verse 4, that it's probable or likely that another author added them sometime later. But what's revealed there is helpful for us today in our context some 2,000 years later. So if we were to read that with the inclusion, it would sound like this. Verse 3 and verse 4 says, Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. So we have that part. And here's what the earliest manuscripts didn't have. It says, Waiting for the moving of the water, because an angel would go down into the pool from time to time and stir the water. The first one who got in after the water was stirred recovered from whatever ailment he had. The omitted text contains a bit of explanation of sorts. It helps us to understand why all these people have gathered at this pool, what they're searching for. They, they believe that after those waters were stirred, if they could just get into it, if they could just make it and be the first one there, that they would be healed from whatever was ailing them. That's the crowd. They're seeking healing. They're seeking to be made whole by entering these waters when they're stirred. And so, as a gospel writer, John has really set the stage for us of what Jesus is stepping into, the world he's stepping into here. You have crowds of people marked by the common experience of difficulty and pain and suffering under the weight of misplaced hope. And as we look at this text, I think sometimes we can hear things like this, like people looking to a bubbling pool for healing, and we can be quick to assume a place of superiority, can't we? We look and think, what a bunch of silly nonsense, right? Waiting to be healed at a pool that an angel's stirring. But let's just pause for a moment. Let's take a step back. Now, I know most of us are not going to drive past RMH here to go over to Lake Shenandoah for healing and get in, right? We're not going to do that. But we do look to other things. Other things for relief from the pressures of life, from the strains, from the brokenness, and yes, even healing. We tend to sit beside the pool of perfection, don't we? That if I can just keep my life in order, if I can just keep the I's dotted and the T's crossed and everything in its nice orderly place, everything will be fine. If I can just manage my circumstances, I'm good. Nobody will ever know I'm in a million broken pieces inside the pool of perfection. How often do we sit longing and broken beside the pool of relationships? 
thinking that if I can just find that one person, Mr. or Mrs. Wright, that they'll be the ones that complete me. They'll be the ones that bring healing and, and smooth out all the rough edges in my life. We long at the pool of relationships. What about the pool of a few beers at the end of the day to take the edge off? Because what's happening is a little more than I know how to process. And so I need something to help me. And so we turn to the pool of alcohol or other substance for that relief. What about the pool of approval from social media, from follows and likes and that affirmation of others that when I put my nicely manicured life up there that people approve of me? What about those pools today? What would be the pool in your life that you're looking to, that you're sitting beside? You see, because I think if we're honest, we can uh, understand that, that we have a tendency to look to these earthly things for healing, for fulfillment, for even some sort of hope. We go from our text at a swirling pool and we turn it into the magic of pleasing people. You know, there was one time in my own life when I thought the pool of success, the pool of the American dream held all the fulfillment, all the healing, all the happiness that I needed. I remember I was in my late teens and early 20s, and I sat down at Traditions Restaurant with Pastor Jim Harrison, and nobody's surprised at that meeting location. We sat down at his favorite location there at Traditions Restaurant, and I remember looking into his eyes and I was far from the Lord at this point. And I remember looking at Jim Harrison and saying, I don't need all this Jesus stuff. If I can just have a good job, if I can just be successful, if I can just have a nice home and one day get married, that's all I need. I don't need your sales pitch of this Jesus stuff. That is all I need. I'll have it and I'll be happy. It's that pool that I needed to get into to find healing. And so that's what I did. For a lot of years there, I pursued that dream. You might even say I had a pool party of sorts there for a couple years. I loved what I did. I, find, I found for so much fulfillment out of what I got to do and the dreams I was chasing. It was so satisfying for a season, for a season. There came a time or in that season of life, if Jesus would have walked up to me and asked me, said, do you want to get well? I'd have probably said, nah, dude, I'm good. I am well. Perfectly content to trust in that pool. But as time went on, I began to realize that those deep longings of the heart for meaning and for purpose, for hope, for joy, for peace, they were still unsettled. No matter how hard I ran, no matter how hard I tried, they were still present. Have you ever been there? Have you ever given yourself over completely to an empty promise? You know, as we look at people in the first century sitting beside the pools, we need to be careful not to have a feeling of contempt or even moral superiority because we can, if we're honest, we see ourselves doing some of the same things. That human tendency to look for a way to deal with the emptiness, the brokenness, the search for meaning is still real. 
And friends, it's in those places today that Jesus is approaching us. He's approaching you with a question, not with condemnation, not with disappointment, but a question, but a question. Let's continue in our teaching text today in verse 6. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once this man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. So as John has recorded here that the man had been here for 38 years and that he was immediately healed, He's left us with no doubt that there has been a divine miracle taking place in this moment. With this man's response, we begin to understand that he was so fixated on this pool. His focus, his faith was all in getting to that water first. The reality we see there is that our, our faith will begin to follow our focus to where we're trusting in what we're focused on. He couldn't imagine another way to be healed. He couldn't imagine a way to have a different life when Jesus approaches him. His response is so true, isn't it? It's so easy for us to imagine. But, but Jesus, I, I can't do it on my own. I, I just can't get there. I've been so close. I've been so close to laying a hold of that dream, but I just can't seem to pull it off. And Jesus, nobody will help me. They just get in my way. They forbid me to get there. It's so easy to understand his desperation in that moment. Having been there 38 years, this man had given his life to this cure. And he had nothing to show for it. He had no hope for a future without it. And that loss of hope is really at the heart of this disparity, isn't it? And it's right there where Jesus enters the story. That's the point where Jesus steps in and wants to bring transformation. He asked him, do you want to be healed? Jesus had something else in mind other than that man's ability to get up and walk. It went beyond just the physical ailments that he had. Jesus wanted to give him new life and give him new life to the full, to give him hope and peace and joy. Jesus had a greater healing in mind. And there was a lot of, uh, of things on the line for the, that day for that man. Sure, he received healing, he received hope, and he was made new, but two things really happened here that he got to encounter Jesus. I mean, really see him, and he left that pool behind that day. The moment this man transferred his focus from the pool to Jesus, he was healed. Scripture says, at once, at once he took up his mat and walked. A decidedly new life began in that moment for this man by the pool. I would like to circle back, if you'll allow me. I would like to circle back to our question at hand today. 
We understand a little bit what was taking place in the text, but let's pause to understand what's taking place in the room today. Imagine with me again for a moment, Jesus, the giver of life, the one who knows your inmost being, and yes, your inmost struggle. That Jesus slipping in beside you today quietly, patiently, intimately. He looks into your eyes today, into your eyes, into your story, into your pain, into your hopeless, into your searching for meaning. He looks you in the eyes today and says, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? What goes through your mind at that thought? How would that feel? What would your life look like if you said yes to him today? For the man in the story, it may have looked a little bit like this. Be healed. Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir? I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you or who's not helping. Rose getting in your way. I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing, and you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
free to walk, like he said. Don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Do you want to be healed? When Jesus asks you today that question, do you want to be healed? He's not asking you about who's helping you or who's not helping you or about who's getting in your way. He's asking today about you. Do you want to be healed? So what would your pool be today? What would your pool be today? What is that thing that your focus is so fixated on that that is now what you're trusting in instead of the loving embrace of Jesus and the life and the healing that he alone can bring you? What's your pool today? Can you imagine your life differently? Can you imagine it? You may be just like the man in our text today. You may have been searching for healing and fulfillment for so long in other places that you can't even imagine a different future anymore. Friends, it's that place that Jesus shows up and looks in your eye and says, do you want to be healed? Do you want a different future? Do you want hope? Do you want fulfillment? That's what he's asking you today. Do you want to be healed? The thought that you could live without hope or that you could live with hope may seem impossible. The thought of living a life free from addiction and dependency may seem impossible, but it's not. It's not because he alone is able. He's your strength. If you'll focus on him, he can make you well. So today, friend, will you take that step, that step of faith, to fix your focus on him and leave behind that pool. Will you embrace him today in that place? You know, and as I was preparing this week, I realized that we might not always know what pool we're sitting beside. But yet we can recognize that longing in our heart, can't we? So today, friends, it's not necessarily as important that you can identify the pool as you can identify Jesus' voice asking you if you want to be made well. He knows what your pool is, and he knows you and the healing you need. So maybe that's you today. Maybe you don't know what that pool is, but you sense that God's doing something today, that he's asking you if you want healing. Will you embrace him today in his gracious invitation? Let's pray together. Lord, we hear you today. Thank you for joining us in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our pain, in the middle of our search, our search for longing and for meaning. Lord, our search for hope. God, thank you for joining us there. And Lord, you don't show up with condemnation and you don't show up telling us all the ways we've messed it up. You show up with an invitation to life, to freedom, to healing. 
God, I pray for those hearts in the room. Lord, who are focused on a pool. And maybe they don't know what it is that they're focused on, Lord, but you know and you're working. God, I pray that every heart, every person under the sound of my voice today would have their focus on you. God, that we would decidedly say, yes, Lord, I want to get well. I want new life. And Lord, that's going to mean different things for different folks. But Lord, you are there to give us hope. You don't leave us or forsake us. You are right there to guide us into healing. Do you want to get well? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. As the band plays, I would just invite you to stand and continue in prayer. If today you would like to respond, if you know that you're walking away from a pool today, I just invite you to kneel at the altar. It's just a declaration that you're leaving that life behind because you're focused on Jesus.